It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube can see the helmets of the different teams I played for. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Love those of you that subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. It's free, obviously. And then you comment on any video and say, Ross, I want to be the YouTube shout out winner. Love doing those videos for you. Nothing that gets me more excited. Um, Also love those of you that check us out on social media at Ross Tucker pod is growing fast on Facebook and Instagram, which is amazing. Please keep that up. Those of you that are following Ross Tucker pod, Facebook and Instagram, it's a great way to see the highlight clips of all of the shows, including this one. I am personally at Ross Tucker NFL. He is personally at FG underscore Dolan, the one and only Joe Dolan, my longtime now co-host here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Joe, uh, it's all about the Super Bowl. It's all about the prop bets. Now, we're going to go in-depth on the Even Money podcast with a lot of the prop bets. And to pull back the curtain a little bit, because I'm going to be in Arizona um, when you guys are listening to this and have a lot of travel and other obligations – Joe and I are recording this the week prior. I point that out because most of the prop information is not up yet. So Joe's going to be breaking down what he envisions from the skill guys, not knowing where their numbers are set at quite yet. I don't know. Are, are there places, Joe, where they have the props up or no? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook. And props at DraftKings, our sponsor. Um, and uh, there are plenty of player props up for the Super Bowl. Here is one major caveat, Ross. The Kansas City Chiefs receiving core was decimated in the AFC Championship game. So there are no props out there for a Juju Smith-Schuster. There are no props. I do not, there is no, um, uh, I do not see a, uh, let's see here. I am not showing any props for Chief wide receivers in this game. I have one for Travis Kelsey, but none for Chiefs wide receivers. Uh, as we are sitting here on February 1st, um, not really sure what the outlook for those guys is. But at the ve- I mean, you've got to consider Juju, Michael Hardman, Kadarius Tony questionable at best for this game right now. So, okay. You know, when people are listening to this, there might be a little bit more information out about that. Can you refresh my memory, Joe? as to what the three injuries are for those yeah. guys and, and what, you know, as we record this the week prior, what the current prognosis is as far as you know. Well, we had Miko Hardman leave the game with a pelvis injury. Now that's the thing about Hardman. That's an aggravation of an injury that kept him out for virtually three months. Um, I would say just from my perspective, um, that's that's not a good sign uh, for a guy who aggravated an injury that cost him basically the last three months. 
gets aggravated, that's not a good sign. We know Juju Smith-Schuster has knee issues. That is Juju Smith-Schuster's injury. Andy Reid had no update for that uh, early this week, which to you guys was last week. And Kadarius Toney had an ankle injury. And there's a guy who we know has had his own injury problems in the league. So just on my read on the situation, I would think Hardman is the most dire, followed by Juju, followed by Toney. You know, but Toney got hurt early in that game um, and didn't return. So I think you have to, at this point, consider all three guys questionable at best. And, you know, against this Eagle secondary, look, let's start there. There is a major difference between the New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? That major difference between the New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes, who isn't 100%, but I think we know well enough that he played well enough in the AFC Championship game that the Eagles have to take him every bit as seriously as they would if, 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 if he wasn't hurt. But against the New York Giants two weeks ago, let's just make an argument here. With Daniel Jones throwing the football, the wide receivers for the Giants, one catch for four yards for Darius Slayton, one catch for three yards for Isaiah Hodgins, their starting outside receivers. Richie James, their slot receiver, seven for 51. And that seven for 51 for Richie James came in a game in which Avante Maddox did not play. Avante Maddox played in the NFC Championship game. And, and, I think it's it's completely fair to throw out the wide receiver production against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, considering the 49ers didn't have a quarterback. Um, the Chiefs do have a quarterback. But in theory, in theory, these Chiefs wide receivers against these Eagles defensive backs, Slay, Bradbury, Maddox, is a major mismatch in favor of the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes is a mismatch evener. But these injured wide receivers... Patrick Mahomes may be a little bit hobbled up. I think the Eagles, while cautioning that, you know, hey, Patrick Mahomes can make uh, chicken salad out of uh, of you-know-what, are going to feel pretty good about their ability to lock down guys on the perimeter. Now, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a great game last week um, coming through with Patrick Mahomes throwing the football. He's got speed that you always have to look out for. We know Eagles coach, a defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, he loves preventing the deep ball. So I wonder if that instantaneously means, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey's going to get the ball, but, you know, a little Jarek McKinnon underneath, maybe some of these backup tight ends, like Noah Gray, get involved in that underneath area. And the Chiefs, Jonathan Gannon's philosophy as a defensive coordinator essentially is, If we make teams have long, drawn-out drives, that increases the chance those teams are going to make a mistake. The Chiefs' philosophy might be, if we have a long, drawn-out drive, that that increases the chances that Patrick Mahomes does something magical and we're going to score a touchdown. So it's going to be a really interesting battle of wits there. The Eagles completely shut down the run in each of their first two games Uh, barring two runs. Saquon Barkley had a long run for 39 yards in the second half of the divisional round. And then, of course, you saw Christian McCaffrey's touchdown run um, against the Eagles in the championship game, on which the Eagles had one of the more pathetic displays of tackling you'll ever see. I still don't understand, Ross, how many times you've seen a running back run through a guy who's just throwing his shoulder at a player as opposed to wrapping up. And the Eagles had two guys do that to McCaffrey on that touchdown run. Pacheco is running like a demon right now. So... 
Kansas City, I think they're going to try to create explosive plays with Pacheco, get the screen game going, and then hopefully, you know, some of these receivers play and Mahomes makes his magic happen. I, I don't think it's any question. If the if the Chiefs are going to win this game, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be magical. Now, if I say that about 99% of the teams in the NFL, you're like, oh man, that team's a heavy underdog. But for the Chiefs, it's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes probably will be magical. So it's it's just a fascinating matchup where knowing that the Eagles are going to want to try to get the Chiefs to grind out a drive, and then knowing that if you get Patrick Mahomes down inside the 15-yard line, he's going to do some underhand stuff, might throw the ball between his legs, you know, who, who knows what else he'll come up with. But I, I think that's going to be a, a really interesting battle of wits with Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator's philosophy, against Patrick Mahomes and what could very well be a decimated skill core. Boy, it feels like they're going to try to throw the ball to McKinnon a lot and Kelsey a lot, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kelsey's obvious, McKinnon, you know, and and let guys let your good offensive line. The Chiefs have as good a screen game as maybe we've ever seen. You know, get some inside screens, get some screen looks from some interesting formations um, and try to create big plays that way and then take your shot. You know, maybe the Eagles bring guys down. Maybe Pacheco busts off a couple of runs and the Eagles bring guys down into the box and then, you know, um, Mahomes goes over the top to Valdez Scantling or Sky Moore. But again, all speculation at this point until I know the status of some of these receivers. Um, I, I'm just not sure how much a, like a hobbled Juju Smith-Schuster does for this team. Um, if, if Tony plays, I think he'll be a very important guy in that screen game for Kansas City. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if those guys you referenced are banged up. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw a lot of MVS, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. Justin Watson was sick. Last yes, week. right. He'll be healthy. They made, they made him inactive for the game, but he's had his moments this year. Mahomes trusts him. He's made some big plays for them. He can run. Um, you know, for people from a prop bet standpoint or people playing whatever, do they have like a one game slate at DraftKings? Is there a way to play oh, like, yeah. like the one oh, yeah. game? Oh, yeah. You can play your one game, get your captain in there. Um, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I, I would look at Justin Watson and um, love it, because. Man. And these other guys are banged up. He's healthy. He was just sick last week, but he can run. He's the best Ivy League football player I ever saw, and um, I, I think they like him. Yeah, and and I think that's a huge, huge option for your single-game slates. Um, maybe you do a one-and-done. I run a one-and-done contest where um, I actually used a lot of Chiefs last week, but I saved all the Eagles for this week. Um and maybe Justin Watson becomes a guy you're like, hey, they've got to throw it to somebody. And, and we've seen Super Bowl heroes, right, come from, come from uh, you know, places of necessity. Remember, um, what was his name? He had like one, literally one good game in the NFL, and it was the Super Bowl for the CEO. Chris Matthews, remember yes. Chris Matthews against yes. the Patriots? He had like, let, let's see, Chris Matthews had – 16 regular season catches, but he had uh, he had four catches. Uh, let, let's see, he had 16 regular season catches, but in the playoffs, uh, he had uh, he had a hundred 109 receiving yards in the Super Bowl. Like, are you kidding me with this guy? No, no, Justin Watson could very well be somebody like that to make a play. Here's the deal, Joe. I've been talking about a lot in January people's new year's resolutions 
I know at the top of my to-do list is to lower some of the household expenses. The best way to do that is Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. It's a personal finance app that finds, it finds them and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It's kind of crazy, but over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about. So the streaming service you bought just to watch one show on, the free trial you never even really used, it happens. That's why they all want you to be subscriptions, right? They all subscription, subscription, because they know people forget about it. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. That buys a lot of Labatt Blue Light. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions. And manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash feast. That's rocketmoney.com slash feast. Rocketmoney.com slash feast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Joe. Let's switch over to the Eagles now. Who is going to be feasting on the other side in this matchup for the Eagles? So, you know, you go back to last year's game and i'm just not sure what how much utility there is in going back to last year's game for kansas city and philadelphia but they played in week four so they played in october of last year jalen hurts had a massive game against kansas city jalen hurts threw for 387 and two touchdowns he also ran for 47 yards in that game now kansas city um Tyreek Hill had three touchdowns in that game. Patrick Mahomes had five. So obviously the Eagles had to throw quite a bit. But I think it's going to be interesting to see because Jalen Hurts really hasn't had to do a whole lot of anything in these first two playoff games. I thought, Ross, you were there. You were calling the game. I thought the 49ers did a very good job making Jalen Hurts uncomfortable. But ultimately he took care of the ball. Um, And then obviously we know what happened with the 49ers. He made a couple of good throws. You know, Hertz was way more accurate, in my opinion, in the divisional round against um, the Giants than he was in the championship round against the 49ers. He missed the ball down the field to A.J. Brown, which was a walk-in touchdown. Um, he sailed some balls out of bounds. I don't know. Was it nerves? Was it the shoulder? We saw him in the third. Uh, it was a run in the third quarter, I think, on the touchdown drive that actually ended in his touchdown run. You know, he lowered his shoulder into a hit and got up grimacing. So Jalen Hurts, not 100% yet, but... He's going to have to do the most uh, that he's done so far in this game in order to um, in order for the Eagles to win this game. Now, last week we look at Kansas City. Kansas City goes up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and you know Kansas City does a phenomenal job on Cincinnati's receivers. You know, you look at that. T. Higgins has six six for eighty three. Jamar Chase six for seventy five. Okay, those are good games, but they they weren't game wreckers. But Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City also got after um, Joe Burrow in a way that 
it'll be hard for them to get after Jalen Hurts. I mean, Lane Johnson's playing on a torn groin, and he is, and and, and Joey uh, Nick Bosa is not even sniffing Jalen Hurts in the pocket. Jordan Mailata is burying Nick Bosa. You know, uh, Javon Kinlaw, he's still getting driven down the Schuylkill Expressway right now by Landon Dickerson. Like th- so This is an offensive line that is nasty. I think they're going to have their plan for Chris Jones. Um, now, Chris Jones, I think, entirely can be a game wrecker, but that's going to be the key matchup. Can Kansas City, which has been able to get to quarterbacks all year, see Spagnolo, his pressure concepts. The guy's been around for a long time. He knows how to create pressure. Are they going to be able to get at Jalen Hurts against this elite offensive line? I think the Eagles are going to have their best passing game of the year. I think uh, of the playoffs, they're going to need to have their best passing game of the playoffs to get to Kansas City. A.J. Brown's going to need to have a great game. Devontae Smith's going to need to have a great game. But I but I actually think it is possible for them to do so in this game. They could have. They all could have gone nuts against the Giants two weeks ago. They didn't need to. They didn't need to go nuts against the 49ers, though I don't think they would have. That 49er defense was was special. I think the Eagles might look at this tape and be like, oh, I'm actually a little bit relieved. Like, our offense is going to have more room to operate. The obvious big the big point is it's going to be by far their defense's toughest matchup of the playoffs as well. So, going to be an interesting give and take. But if I'm looking at some of the over-unders here, A.J. Brown at 71.5 receiving yards, Devontae Smith at 62.5, this suggests that the markets believe the Eagles – are going to have the opportunity to move the ball through the air in this game. They've got A.J. Brown, five and a half receptions, DraftKings Sportsbook. Devontae Smith, five and a half receptions, plus odds for both of those. Dallas Goddard, four and a half receptions. So they think the Eagles are going to come out and throw. You know, Jalen Hurts threw for under 130 uh, passing yards in the NFC Championship game. Jalen Hurts, he's at 246 and a half in this game. Jalen Hurts, 1.5 touchdown passes is the line so they think he's going to have to throw the ball far more in this game than he has and and i don't see why i would disagree with that in a game against kansas city you know it's interesting joe because i i thought that the young corners for the chiefs did pretty darn well against joe burrow and chase and higgins I, i guess i'm a little surprised you're so bullish on the eagles throwing the ball when it's not like Burrow and those guys lit up the Chiefs secondary. Yeah, I, I mean, it, look, it, Burrow got pressured a lot in that game. But as I said, look, 6 for 83 for T. Higgins and 6 for 75 for Jamar Chase. Those would be probably considered decent to mediocre games for those guys this year. Um, but A.J. Brown's got just 50 yards receiving this entire playoffs in large part because the Eagles haven't needed to throw the ball. Uh, a whole lot. AJ Brown's receiving line is at 71 and a half for this game alone, which suggests the Eagles are going to have to take a much more, a much different approach to attacking uh, the Kansas city chiefs in this game. And I, and I also think, you know, uh, Samaj P Ryan in that game against the, uh, the chiefs, he out snapped Joe Burry, basically doubled up Joe Mixon in snaps. Now, I don't think the Eagles are going to lean away from Miles Sanders a ton. Miles Sanders had two touchdowns against the 49ers. But their passing game back in the last month plus in the playoffs, and the guy who's been playing really well has been Kenny Gainwell. And Kenny Gainwell is a really interesting guy in this game for me because of of his potential role. They love him on third down. 
they love him on uh on uh, in goal line situations they love him in hur- hurry up he's plus 2200 to be the first touchdown scorer in this game he's plus 2800 to be the last touchdown scorer in this game and he's plus 400 to be an anytime touchdown scorer in this game you know Samaje Ryan doubles up Joe Mixon in snaps last week as the as the passing down and pass protection back for the Bengals. Now, maybe that's different because the, the Bengals have a lot less faith in their offensive line than the Eagles do. But with Kenny Gainwell, some of the things that he has done in terms of getting in the end zone, I actually think Kenny Gainwell is a heck of a bet for, for touchdown prop in this game. Um, Like Gainwell's 400 plus 400, chance of scoring implies about an 18% chance of scoring, but he's scored in five of 19 games this season, which is 26%. And he's found Pater in 12 of 36 games of his career, which is 33%. So his implied odds of scoring a touchdown in this game are way lower than I think his actual odds of scoring touchdowns in this game. The Chiefs have allowed touchdowns to running backs in each of their first two postseason games. I know uh, just from a fantasy perspective, I think Kenny Gainwell's a good bet to score a touchdown. I'd sprinkle some on first touchdown for Kenny Gainwell as well. Plus 2,200 on DraftKings Sportsbook. And this is a guy who has played well in the playoffs and has had a nose for the end zone in his career. You know, Joe, I think you can make an argument that he's been the Eagles' best running back over the last month of the season or so. And, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but... If the Eagles allow Miles Sanders to leave in free agency, I think Kenny Gainwell is a big reason why. Yeah, um, I think he's he was a guy who, for the first like year and a half of, of his career, Gainwell was kind of like, ah, you know, he's he was a fifth-round pick. He's solid. And then the last couple of months, and especially in the playoffs now, a guy who's running through contact. He's 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 somebody Jalen Hurts checks the ball down to on third down and fights for extra yardage. I think he's somebody that the Eagles are really starting to trust with a bigger role. Totally agree. Um, anybody else, Joe? What about Goddard? Anybody else in this game? You know, maybe jump out to you. Is could there be something there for Quez or Pascal or anybody else that maybe could have a sneaky good game? Boston Scott. Yeah, I think um, Quez Watkins might be a guy who they need to make a big play, but the Eagles have kind of started to go away from him a little bit, um, a little bit because, you know, they, they had a weird stretch towards the end of the season where they were manufacturing touches for him and he was messing up. So they've kind of gone away from him. Um, I think Devontae Smith has 61 plus yards in second. He had 61 plus yards in seven consecutive games before Obviously, last week when they didn't have to throw the football at all, um, which, I mean, is completely understandable. He's at 62 and a half. That actually got bet up on DraftKings. It was at 60 and a half. But I think that's a really good bet. Uh, Zay Jones, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase have all topped that number. Devontae Smith's essentially become Jalen Hurts' number one receiver over the last month plus. I think that's um, I think that's fascinating. Um so Devontae Smith is somebody I'd be looking at. 
Um, Boston Scott, if, if I'm, if I'm with the Eagles, if, you know, he's just kind of a guy who, if they put him in near the goal line, he's got a shot to score a touchdown. He's really a guy who I don't really know what his role is other than spelling both, uh, Gainwell and Sanders. Um, Gainwell, I at least can say, oh, he's their third down hurry up back. Sanders is their early down banger. Boston Scott is a, if those guys need, need a, uh, need a break. Um, uh, I, I, one of those guys might be able to, uh, might be able to get it done, but I think Kansas city is going to try to come out here and get the ball into Pacheco's hands. And I think they're going to try to create explosive plays with Pacheco. He actually ran more routes than Jarek McKinnon last week, by the way, 26 to 16. So Pacheco, I think is a big part of what the chiefs are going to do. Pacheco's a South Jersey guy too. I mean, he grew up very yep. close to Philadelphia in, in Vineland. Um, listen, the Super Bowl means football season. It means it's Labatt Blue Light season. There's no better way to watch your team. And for you and I, Joe, that was kind of growing up the Eagles on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in your hand. Stock up and be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. One question each. For the Bengals and the Niners, Joe, since we didn't get a chance to wrap them up last week. For the Bengals, you were talking a lot during this show about Samaje Pirine. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut Joe Mixon. I mean, they could save a lot of money. I don't like that move. I thought they should have given the ball more against the Chiefs. He was awesome, awesome against the Buffalo Bills. I'm a little surprised by his usage, but that feels like a place where the Bengals could save some cap space to pay Burrow a boatload of money. Yeah, um, if they cut him pre-June 1st, they save about $7 million. If they cut him post-June 1st, that'd be about $10 million. And that could And Joe Mixon still has plenty left in the tank, so I think he'd draw interest on the open market. There's no two ways about that. But, you know, he's a guy who I think at times has been frustrated with his role in Cincinnati. Certainly something to watch this offseason for the Bengals is their ability to cut Joe Mixon. I mean, there's the only two guys they could cut on their team who would save them more money are DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson, and they're not cutting either one of those guys. Correct. Um, so that that makes it really interesting for P. Ryan. Um, maybe it doesn't Travion Henderson play for them. Yeah. I mean, they've got Chris Evans is there. Um, yeah. P Ryan's a free agent by the way. So do they bring P Ryan back and draft a back? There's, there's all kinds of maneuverability they have to do there. Um, then the, uh, for the Niners, the question is really just quarterback now. Um, you know, the more I read it, like sportsinjurycentral.com, uh, from Dr. Chow, it doesn't sound real good for Brock Purdy. I mean, they say six months, but it sounds like it could be longer. This is a guy who doesn't have a big arm anyway. So isn't it amazing? Like, you know, I know everybody was clowning on the Eagles for having an easy path to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. You know, who cares? They're in the Super Bowl. But the 49ers luck at the quarterback position is unbelievable. I was like, they, they pay all these assets for Trey Lance. We're going into year three, and we have no clue if Trey Lance can play or not. We know Jimmy Garoppolo can play, but he's always hurt, and he seems to make mistakes at big moments. Brock Purdy's now hurt, and we never really saw Brock Purdy play 
in a spot where there was a lot of adversity on him. And we also saw Brock Purdy, I mean, quite frankly, Ross, I mentioned it on this podcast, not to discount any of what he had done, but there was a lot of of dropped interceptions, you know, tight window throws that could have gone either way with Brock Purdy. So I don't know how you get a full evaluation of him. I, I mean, are they a team that's out there attacking the quarterback position in the offseason? I, I mean, just an unbelievable string of bad luck for the 49ers. Like, they don't, we don't know if Trey, they, they traded three first round picks for Trey Lance. We don't know if he can play after two years. That, I mean, when's the last time that happened? It's unbelievable. It really, really is. Um, but I like the idea of Trey Lance and Purdy competing for the job if they're both healthy. I That's agree. what I would do. Yeah, we know Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone. They're not going to, they can't do that to that fan base again. I mean, whether or not Jimmy's actually, he might well be their best option, but you know, they've got, they've got one fan. Um, uh, I, I think a young lady who draws a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo every day until he's traded. I think, I think uh, the fan expected to do it for like two weeks and has done it for nearly a calendar year at this point. Um, I don't think Jimmy G's back with, uh, with the 49ers Lance and Purdy competing. Maybe you bring in a vet, um, but Lance needed multiple surgeries. Purdy might need Tommy John surgery. Like th- this is a serious, serious question for the 49ers this offseason on a roster that is ready to contend, obviously, for a Super Bowl. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. Really hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. And remember, we're year round. I mean, fantasy football never stops. And where you get the edge is by hearing about new strategies new techniques, diving into some of the draft picks, all those things year-round, especially in the offseason, right here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.